0: You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass.
1: Man, this is episode number forty. Yeah, what up? Aging quickly. I Good feel like job. we should be
3: drinking forties.
1: Oh man, I wish I would have thought ahead. I have a, I totally have a Dr. Dre forty-ounce beer koozie. Do you have some forties <laughs> in the fridge, brewing up for us? No, but next time, next week, I'm gonna fill the fridge full of forties. Sick
0: life, like Gotta a play me,
1: like an early '90s music video, bitch. Edward Forty Hands. How are we gonna control the radio? Smash, smash! Ryan's the song in on. charge.
3: Wait, Ryan, you've never been taught how to run the board. Too bad. Whatever. What's Deal up? Crash course. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I'm Kevin. This is Ryan uh, and Ian.
1: Hi. Yo, yo. And Max Long, I guess. What's, What's up, Long Max? Yeah, I'm just here. We're here the day before Super Bowl Forty Nine. Yeah. So I still have this playoff beard, and I can't eat without my mustache going in my mouth. When you're listening to this. The playoff, Super Bowl... It'll be over. ...thing Far over. will be done. And we'll either be
3: rejoicing or drinking, sadly. Either way, there's going to be a parade. Whether we win or not, Whee! we'll still be stoked for the Seahawks. Because you know what? Either way, they are they are at least conference champions. Yeah. <laughs>
1: hey, we still won some championships.
3: Exactly. Hey, yeah, so suck it. It's like the whole reason to drink thing. But, uh... It's going to be sweet. There's going to be parties all over the city. And whether you like football or not, it's it's kind of a great feeling to have the Northwest and Seattle just united. And, and everyone's just kind of excited.
1: Yeah, and have a good time. A don't, vibe. don't be that guy that, like, like, don't you, be a fucking Ryan. Don't remember, don't be the guy who remembers Super Bowl 49 going, oh yeah, that's the weekend I got arrested and, uh, you know. Uh, don't
3: let a couch on fire. <laughs> I
1: broke my eye socket falling down the stairs, uh, because r- I was too drunk. Uh, Ryan over here last week was like, fuck organized sports, man. I'm too cool for that <laughs> shit."
4: Yeah, not into it.
1: Yeah. You say any serious about it, he's like, uh, no, seriously, f***
4: you. Straight up not into it. Yeah. <laughs> How, I, like,
1: okay, so I know there's been a lot of people in Seattle that don't, you know that don't participate or whatever but do you not at any point feel like that infectious energy
4: kind of, of No, nah, like, man it, not it even feel- like the bandwagon stuff it feels like i'm getting walking down, it feels like i'm walking down the street getting smacked upside the head with a big green and blue fist <laughs> everywhere i go it's, it's 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 really just gotten out of control do man do you at any point feel you better than other people no no, it's it's it it has nothing to do with that. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not down with it, and it's just kind of I don't know, not my bag. Do you ever use the word sports ball? Because if didn't... you
3: do, off. I hate that. Sorry. No, oh, no sports
4: I'm... ball. I'm gonna go
3: F*** blah, 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 blah. off. No, I get it. You don't like sports, but you don't have to shit on other people's fucking fun. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about motherfucking asshole hipsters that are on my Facebook feed. As soon as I see that shit, deleted you
1: It's stupid. I I get it. You don't like football. It's not even the statement of I don't like football. It's the way you go about it and it's indicative of your sh- personality. Yeah.
3: I mean, you're a fucking Capitol Hill fucking
4: piece of shit. <laughs> f- off. See, you know, uh, feel free to accuse me of not liking sports cuz you know, don't like sports, but at least I'm upfront about it. Whatever. You know. You don't have to shit but you, you personally
3: you know, I don't think on other people's funds. No,
4: I don't shit on other people's funds. It's just a blatant opinion. You know? It's, I mean, like, yeah. what
5: about being a bandwagoner but then as soon as anyone asks me anything, I'll admit, I'll be like, I have no idea I'm about just along for the fun, bro. I'm just here to drink, you know, a chair. You know, <laughs> I go along
1: with the crowd, my mentality. See, everybody's got a reason why they aren't a bandwagon. Like, I used to go to the Seahawks games with my uncle when he had season tickets as a longshoreman because he had a, a lot of disposable income, I guess, at the time. So we used to go to Seahawks games when they f***ing sucked mm-hmm. and we used to go all the time at the Kingdom and I used to work for Cairo, man. So I was with the Seahawks through the first like big playoff push there with Hasselback and Sean Alexander and all that. So for me like I've been th- you know I've been there the whole f***ing time and for this is like the sweetest reward, man. Uh, Especially as a kid who played a lot of sports as a young person and experienced a lot of just that Seattle sh- sports heartache. There was a- over and over and over <laughs> I distinctly remember a conversation that Ian and
3: I had when we were on mushrooms at a Mariners game.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that,
3: that they ruled. I already
4: like what this conversation. So we took going. some
3: mushrooms and we went to a Mariners game. Which and was not it, a good idea. Because this little seven year old kid stared at us the whole time. It was kind of creepy. But we had this, like, t- because the game f- sucked. We were losing very badly. But yeah. we were tripping on shrooms and we had this long conversation about how keeping it real. Is like North to be from the Northwest and to claim it as your home, you have to keep it real and support the teams no matter what. And that's why it feels so good when it finally pays off. Right. Because you've just been in the
1: fing. For so long that, like, it's
3: exactly like, what, 1996 when the Sonics were just killing it. Yeah, and we made it
1: to the finals against the Bulls. Yeah. 95 with the Mariners. Uh, Yeah, exactly. It was just an amazing feeling. Against the
3: Indians. We've never been there. We've never made it to the top, and it's just fucking so cool! And yesterday, I was so pumped that my favorite wrestler, Daniel Bryan, was on the Seahawks' Twitter handle, and he had control of it for an hour, and he was oh, just wow. answering questions. <laughs> it was fucking sweet, you know. It's just it's cool to see so many people wrapped up in it, and uh, all these like huge Seattle celebrities, like Nikki Six. He he came out on Twitter and was like the patriots i want everyone who follows me that's a patriots fan just to delete, delete me, me. <laughs> he's like i don't care he's like i i grew up in seattle and i didn't even know that and he's like so f***ing go hawks it's just cool man it's it's awesome so uh yeah that's our little rant and our tirade and I mean, if the I, seahawks lost I'm i take sorry.
1: it i take it personally yeah, yeah and this is all coming you know uh after the fact but for me like just to i don't you know i don't go out and watch the seahawks games with people you know i'd wake up in the morning and and sit there in my little bubble and, like, cheer it on by myself and feel that disappointment and the the victory, and I would be standing there throwing beer bottles against the wall and freaking out my cat and, like, screaming at my neighbors. And So for me, like, it's personal, man. I don't give a shit about what anybody else thinks about it. But whenever I hear that, oh, it's fucking sports bad, beer, 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 I'm just like, man, you don't get it, and I don't feel sorry if I'm saying, fuck
3: you. I just don't think that there's anything bad about something that we can, I mean, okay, this is going to be a little bit of a rant, but the world is shit, right? We're there's on one. we're it's negativity all around us. I don't think that there's anything wrong with something that you can get lost in for just a short period of time and let you
1: forget about the world of shit that's around us. Right. I mean the one the one example that I did totally unless feel, it's a violent f- up thing. You know Bobby, right? Yeah. <clears throat> you know hey, Bobby. we all we all are friends with Bobby, big big Bobby the drummer Bobby goes by Engine Bobby. Drunk Bobby? Drunk Bobby. Drunk Bobby. Uh, the one thing, the one thing that I did totally feel, cause he works as, he's a door guy, you know, at a lot of bars and stuff, and he was saying that he can't f***ing stand it when somebody yells, see, HAWKS, right in his fucking ear, or like right next to his head, or in yeah. his f***ing face, when he's just trying to walk down the street. I think if somebody yelled anything, I don't really care what, I would just have to turn around and like throttle you by the fucking throat. So I get that. There's a time and place. Don't be a fucking obnoxious jerk off. But at the same time, you know? There's a yeah, like I said, there's a time and place. And shout out to Tim Burklett
3: for putting his money where his mouth is. He just bet like what, twelve to fifteen hundred dollars on the Seahawks out in Vegas? He
1: bet twelve hundred dollars of that four hundred dollars is mine. Oh, okay. Well so there you go. I'm invested this time. I didn't <laughs> want to bring it up because I feel like it's jinxing it, but Oh, well I brought it up,
3: so. Oh, there you Sorry, go. Sorry, dude.
1: All right. Well, you guys ready? I jinxed it. This just in, Ian lost $400 this week when the Seahawks <laughs> lost the Super Bowl. Oh, oh,
3: you f- 100 bucks in like 15 minutes, f you. Well, hey, man.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take it. I can't even argue. Right,
0: Matt? Yeah. Hey,
3: your reply is, hey, man. Hey, hey man. man.
1: hey, man. Hey, man. All right, good times. You got the metal news, motherfucker. All right, this is a weird one, and one that I, you know, but when it comes to Devin Townsend news, it's just hard to say. One that I didn't expect to see pop up on my phone this one of these mornings this past week when I woke up. Devin, here's the title of it, and we can digress. Devin Townsend wrote a song with Nickelback and Daughtry's production team. What? Hates it. Of course. That's
0: just the title.
4: (laughs) So, break it down.
1: Break it down, baby. Break it
4: down, baby. Well, Devin Townsend seems like a very open dude. I mean, obviously, he's ventured very far out of the realm of normal metal stuff, and yeah. I mean, he's he's very openly admitted that his music has gotten dared I say poppier. As yeah, he time makes has pop music at times, yeah, even and he's, so. He's, he's he's very open about it, and yeah. uh, so it, I don't think it's that far of him a stretch far of a stretch for a dude like that to go out and try to do a song with these famous pop producers. I mean, it it totally makes sense to me. Um, the fact that he doesn't like it or That he wasn't happy about the process, also not much of a surprise. He seems to be the kind of dude that's very hands on and takes care of all his own business and likes to be things to be done a certain way. So he doesn't get led around by the caller very often, I don't think. Yeah, he's very sure. in control, like you said. I mean, and the last time he was led around by the caller was when Steve Vai was doing the leading. And so, I mean, <clears> there's a dude yes that, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. where do you want me to go? I'll go there. Yeah. let's do it, Steve Vai. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's, you know, I, I I really don't see any surprises
1: whatsoever in the article. Right. Well, here's the nitty-gritty. He did an interview with Decibel Magazine, and here's what they asked him. Other than playing shows, what have you been doing since you wrapped up Z2? Which is the last Ziltoid project. And here's his response. I went to L.A. two months ago because some people in my world thought, this is dangerous for your future, so you need to go write with somebody. So I went to L.A., and I wrote with a team who produced all the Nickelback stuff recently, Daughtry... All the American Idol people who, who win, and I wrote a song with them. And I hate it in such a way that it's hard for me to quantify. Hate the song or hated the process? Both. I really like the guys, I think they're really talented, but I told them yesterday or the day before that I'm not putting it out. There's no f***ing way I'm putting it out. I can't spend 25 years sticking to my guns to try and sell people this. It's everything I dislike about music with my voice on it. It's f***ing disgusting. It's not their fault, but with my voice on it, it's just not where I'm at. So I told everybody I'm not putting it out. Now we have to pay for it, but what are you going to do? To put that out, all of a sudden you have to go pay 50 grand to put it on an active rock radio. <coughs>
0: the
1: place that we work for. And then you have to go and do interview and try and sell something you don't like. I have honesty Tourette's, man. And that's going to cost me nothing but grief. But I tried it. With that whole scene, you got to pay for the number one song. This is how it works. These are the cords you can use in the summer. These are the cords you can use in the winter. Here are the topics that sell. Oh, my God, dude. It's just a formula. Nice. So
5: mind-blowing. <laughs> there it
3: is. He's
4: so, right. Oh, my God. Let me throw this out there just to, the The thing I take out of that more so than anything else mm-hmm. is that he paid out of pocket mm-hmm. to not put that out. He was like, all right, well, we're not putting this out, so I'm going to have to fork the bill. So that means he was willing to... Fork over, I'm sure not a small sum of money to have this not be released, just to not deal with it. Yeah, but it's like a a lesson, it's like a life lesson that he's paying for. (laughs) Yeah, at this point, exactly. But I I think that's rad that he's willing to take the hit, the financial
1: hit. Interesting way that he ended this, but I guess it's well, not appropriate. I think,
3: uh. Yeah.
1: It was... Well, here's what he said. When people are like, nothing you've done is as good as what you did when you were younger, and I'm like, you may be right, but what I'm going to do now is exactly what I feel like I should be doing. So what do you do? Do you go write a fucking pop song and cash in and then spend the rest of your life thinking, I could have stuck to my guns, but instead I sucked a c-? <laughs>
5: <laughs> And that's how you end.
1: Dis- Mic drop. In the
3: Jamie Josta podcast, it was really interesting how he described it. He said that uh, essentially... He worked his entire career to make these awesome songs that he thought could really make it, and uh, you know pushed the boundaries of what he wanted to do and really stuck to his guns like he said. And then it would just be kind of f***ing sh-t-y for if, nothing, yeah. If if then he he does this one thing, pays a bunch of money, and gives in, and that's how he gets big.
1: But right that said, though, I, you know, as a music fan, I've always been able to compartmentalize
4: that. Well, I, a lot of our favorite bands have done that. You well, know. I feel like Devin Townsend already is pretty goddamn big. Oh, I he, mean, comparatively. He, but with his creative genius, man, if he had the
1: right amount of exposure or connections, yeah. he, he could be doing some crazy, He could, you know, he could be writing for TV shows. He could be doing movies, you know, anything really. But I just don't see him wanting going on tour with Nickelback, dude. I just, I don't. Yeah. I think here we all, that's the, it was over before it even began.
3: Word. Uh, In other kind of weird news, but uh, you remember last week we talked about how Asking Alexandria is now looking for a new vocalist. Oh yeah, and all the girls were sad. Yeah. Well, Roddy Walker from Protest the Hero made a video, and at first I was like, "Oh my god, this guy really, really went for the for the uh, spot of vocalist of Asking Alexandria." But I didn't
1: want to watch it because I was like, "I don't want to." Turns out he is trolling
3: them hard. He wrote his own song to uh, to audition. He made his own fake vest, uh, like oh. like the Asking Alexandria guys. And uh, if we want to play this real quick, it's two minutes and forty three seconds. We can kind of just play it because it's it's pretty funny. And he trolls Asking Alexandria and their fans pretty uh, hey hard.
5: Hey Asking Alexandria. This is my message to you. Uh, this is my audition. I know you guys weren't asking for. He looks like Calum, our intern. But I'm gonna send one in because my life sucks. A little info about me. My name's Roddy Walker. I'm Twenty-eight. I have a little bit of an alcoholic dependency. I'm a stay-at-home boyfriend. I just do it all, you know. I, I do the cooking, I do the cleaning. I'd be glad to do that for you guys. Nice. Uh, you let me in the band. Uh, my favorite band is of course Asking Alexandria. <laughs> but for this audition I did something a little different. Uh, I haven't heard any of your guys' songs, so I just I wrote I wrote one of my own. Nice. Um and I hope you guys like it. I mean, I worked really hard on this. I hope you guys like it. Thanks.
0: If I was in asking Alexandria, I might actually be okay. I won't default on my mortgage when i finally finally getting paid. I could tell my mom I'm in AA. I know she'll be so proud of me. To protest, i see later. i made find the rocks made me rocks, I'll me Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs>
3: was there no my name is was Dick okay
5: dudes welcome back man uh, you undoubtedly loved it cause it's fucking awesome and, uh, you can hit me up whenever you want I think we're gonna make some magic together sweet vest my email is roadie underscore pony at yahoo.ca <laughs> I know a little weird but uh just hit me up guys I wanna h- send a huge shout out to uh, Swiffer uh, another one Greenworks <laughs> <laughs> Just for course. context,
4: Scrubbing he was cleaning bubbles. his house over right. the course Very of the much. video. Scrubbing
5: bubbles. And I mean just like, keep on rocking. Major, get the shot! I'm sorry, puppy. <laughs>
1: Alright, there it is. That's a good troll, man, but yeah. it's one of those things where it's almost like, dude... Uh, his song
3: is better than theirs. I wish
1: I had that much free time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's what happens when uh, you get a, you know, f- fan
4: funding your album.
3: I
1: have What's a it? bit of an alcohol dependency, and I'm a stay-at-home boyfriend, <laughs> you
4: know, so I'm gonna shoot this <laughs> video. You know, first time I saw that band, I ended up hanging out with that dude after the show for a little bit, and I asked him what he had been listening to lately, and he's like, "Dude, Justin Timberlake." It's like, what, really? He's like, "Yeah, no joke. Seriously, that's how I get my vocal chops singing along with Justin Timberlake." Huh. So, ah. yeah, there you go. The singer well, could from be an AA. AA. asking. He's oh, t- yeah. he's taking no, well, sexy dude, back. Yeah,
1: huh. I don't. At this point I'm over it. I'm he's, over the he's whole
3: story. Bringing sexy back. All right,
1: Napalm Death's Barney Greenway wrote a president a, lo- a letter to the president of Indonesia we reported last year that their new president is a metalhead. This is the best story of the week and Loves Lamb of God. I mean, it could be the best story of the year if it ends well. So the deal is that obviously we all know that Indonesia and, you know, basically any South Pacific Asian country You don't want to be smuggling (coughs) drugs into these countries because they will either cane your ass, they'll hang you up by your nutsack, and then they'll kill you. Seriously, they will execute you for drug crimes in countries like Indonesia. So there are a couple of people who are Australian citizens who got caught smuggling heroin into Indonesia and have been awaiting the death sentence for quite a while now. So here is the letter. It's short. Let me just read it real quick that uh, Barney sent to President President Widodo, who is in this photo, wearing a napalm death shirt. And here's how it reads. Dear Mr. Widodo, I'm appealing directly to you to please spare the lives of Andrew Chan and Murian Sakumaran, the two Australian citizens who are currently awaiting the death sentence in Indonesia for heroin smuggling. As a follower of our band Napalm Death, you would appreciate that our lyrics and ethos challenge the unbroken cycle of violence in the world, whether it comes from a state or as an individual. If these things are not challenged and ultimately changed. I believe we'll never truly move forward as humankind. I understand that you, standing as a leader, determined to change things for the better, so I believe granting clemency would be a major step forward in this pursuit of betterment. I appreciate that heroin can be damaging on many levels, but I believe that this is a much deeper issue. That cannot be changed or altered by simply taking away the lives of people. Again, I respectfully ask that you make a real difference and overturn these sentences and hope and peace. Mark Barney Greenway of Napalm Death. That's awesome. I'm going to say there's a couple words in that letter I don't know. All right, Max.
3: That's okay. <laughs> At least you admit it, you know. Just read. Just but true. I just appreciate
1: it. it for what it is. I'll like, buy you a dictionary for your birthday. Oh, no, I Googled it, but still. Uh, okay. Like, this We is bought really you an internet connection for your birthday.
3: There was a there was a news story there that I was going to read but honestly I'm not going to read it because it's essentially the dick nose from Slipknot saying that people don't appreciate good quality sounding music and everyone just downloads music and then I remembered that he's the guy who plays
1: the
4: dick nose
0: No, he's the he's the guy <laughs> that plays trash
3: cans in Slipknot
1: <laughs> So like on the to sound. the next news story the Sound of my
5: <laughs> trash cans People don't appreciate the beautiful fucking sounds of
3: trash cans <laughs> Be in high my quality. Dick
4: nose against trash cans on stage with stink, ding, stink. Ding, ding.
3: So, anyways, <laughs> uh, good times. There's actually a sweet uh, new animated cartoon for Immortal called Sons of Northern Darkness, and it tells the story of black metal band Immortal. do you got to read the premise of this. So, uh, in the fall of 1995, black metal band Immortal set out to make a string of music videos for their upcoming album. (laughs) With little to no budget, they walked into the woods outside their hometown of Bergen, Norway, never to be seen again. This is their story. So, you know about Immortal, they are a band that, uh, is, is kind of humorous in their sense that they're this black metal band with, you know, ornate makeup and all this stuff, but their music videos are, to the point of... Pretty humorous. They're so extremely corny. 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 Yeah, exactly. It's them in the forest making grim faces, and it almost seems a little tongue-in-cheek. So these cartoons are uh, about those those music video makings of, and I don't know.
1: Ryan, can you grab that,
4: that, that video right there and put it up on the Metal Shop page? Yep, can do. Yeah, it's, you know, Immortal's one of those bands that's taken their genre to such an extreme that it's almost become a parody of itself. Which is kind of rad. I mean, it, at, at least they're honest about it, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh,
1: both he's got a good sense of humor. He knows. Yeah. He knows. Uh, we talked a little bit about some of the stuff at Nam last week and, like, the 14- 1,000 string guitars that people are coming out with. Uh, obviously a lot of things come out of Nam, and there is a lot of big news about... Obviously anybody who knows anything about Gibsons or guitars in general knows who Zach Wilde is. A man who's kind of, you know, made his way in the last few years, <laughs> to say the least. To say the least, yeah. Uh, he has been in, sponsored by Gibson and Marshall specifically for a long time. We all know the Bullseye Zach Wilde guitar. hmm We've all seen it before. But Zach Wilde announced this week that he's la- breaking away from both of those companies. the Huge b- endorsements. Two huge endorsements to the two biggest guitar companies in reality. It, it, with guitars and amplifiers respectively. Who else? Fender? Oh, I've, that's, no. No Fender, arguments, Fender man. Fender and Mesa. I don't know. I, I, anyway, it's up there. So he's launching his own company called Wild Audio, which is going to be building his own line of guitars, amps, anything related to music and sound production, and uh, I don't know of any, and they're saying they don't know of anybody else that has ever done anything like that, but if there were to be somebody that would do it, it would probably be him. I think that there are a lot of people that would get behind that, uh, just for no other reason that it's it's
5: Zach Wilde, the name Zach Wilde, you know. Do you think there's another company behind it backing him? There has to well, be. no, I... I don't I, know, man. It's, right?
4: It's hard to say. He just like, can't go from I, the well. I wonder out. if these guitars are going to be worth a damn. Well, that's the, my question. The other, I mean, the other question is: Are the
1: cu- guitars going to be affordable for the normal person? to buy?
4: That, that's what I mean. It is. It it feels like if you're, I mean, if you get a custom shop guitar, right, you're looking at spending two upwards of two to three grand. Uh, yeah, easily, usually easily. like three, four, five. Yeah, easily. Sure. You know, I'm I'm being liberal with that. Yeah. All right, so if you're getting a custom amp head, you're looking at spending an equal amount. Right of money, you know. All right, so what a lot of these these endorsement deals do, like Carrie King's deal with BC Rich for a while, they had. If you want to spend two to three grand, they'll give you a Carrie King guitar. Right, but you could also spend like three hundred bucks and, and get, get the one with crappy
1: like... Epiphone version. Yeah, with so a whammy.
4: Yeah, so I'm sure you can see where I'm going with this. I mean, is Zach Wilde going to be like hawking some? crappy uh, Mexican-made wild guitar, quote-unquote guitars. I mean, like,
1: we all know how the guitar world works. Like, Squire is a subsidiary of Fender. Yeah. And then Rogue is a subsidiary of Squire. So, I wonder if they have somebody that's, like, actually just, Gibson's just like, yeah, okay, Zach, we'll let you put your name on it. You can still use our factory and all our s***. I don't know. No. Because if you're gonna be mass-producing guitars like that, you have to have a source of wood. Like which was a problem with Gibson, with their rare with their rare wood export bands, Mm -hmm. you have to have workers, you have to have a factory, you have to have a plant, you have to have every piece of you
4: have to have millions and millions of dollars to launch
1: a big beyond
4: beyond just having workers, you have to have people who know something about building an effing guitar. So you have to basically not an easy thing to do, and they don't just create
1: them, so you have to steal them from somebody else. (laughs) Yeah,
4: exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So we'll see. And on top of that, I mean, the, the people to put together the, the, to design the amps, I mean, it's... He's got a bunch <sighs> of guitar nerds if, working for him. If I could buy a Zach Wilde guitar,
1: like a Gibson Zach Wilde, that didn't have that fucking dumb bullseye pattern on it, oh. I would totally do it. Yeah. And I know that he has been endorsing EMGs, mm-hmm. 81s and 86s. A- 85s. 85s. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if that's something he's going to be doing his own. And EMG are like the... Like, yeah. oh, I want to play distorted guitar. If
4: you want if you want active pickups, that's yeah. who you go to. Right. Yeah. So it's going
1: to be, it's kind of a little upheaval, man. Huh. It's a big deal with metal and punk well, no, and I'm, hardcore. I'm really
4: curious to see how this turns out, you know, and, and what happens with it. I want to get my hands on some of this gear just All so the, I can figure out what it sounds like. Everyone that doesn't play guitar is going, shut the f- Oh. Well, they'll
1: be saying shut the fuck up some more cuz I just not Ryan,
3: Somebody's just going nerds. Here's another nerds. thing I'd like to see you try out. A 24-string bass. Nope, I'm good. No. <laughs> this is the this is the guy
1: the whose photo I tagged you in last week. They yeah, uh, they
3: unveiled this also at NAM uh this past week. Some Damn. of the coolest guitars that uh the 20 coolest guitars spotted at NAM 2015 and uh yeah, a dude playing a 24-string Base.
0: Let
4: me expand on this photo a little bit. This dude is rocking the sickest suit I have ever seen in my <laughs> life. Bright green and orange. It 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 looks like one of the suits out of the out of Dumb and Dumber. Man, yeah. I want this suit. I would no bullshit. I would rock shamelessly rock the hell out of that suit. This looks rad as s. Very slick. confused. <laughs> this
1: this actual bass is confusing me though because it's a twenty eight string, twenty four string bass. Yeah. And there's only eight. They, string inputs at the bottom, so there's only eight, and you know, Is like, it no, no, three no, no, they,
5: per input.
4: No, there's not. There's not only eight. They're they're all doubled up. Right. Yeah. They they're next to each other. They it's it's like symphonic. It's the same concept as so a twelve string guitar. Seven of them, and they
1: doubled or tripled
4: the string. Dude, I don't. What? They, they tripled the strings. Hmm. Let's just ah! stack
3: it. Imagine having to ch- uh, change strings on that thing.
4: My brain just, that. Dude, It <laughs> takes it would, me forever yeah. to change all the strings Dude, on my guitar If you change is. the strings
1: on that It would probably cost you like five or six hundred dollars Because a
4: lot of those strings are cu- Those strings are a custom Three? deal Like it says yeah, in the right? article that the strings are a custom deal
1: <laughs> Well in real news Y'all see Kanye wearing a Megadeth shirt <sighs> Yeah no.
3: You think he understands who Megadeth is? Uh, mm-hmm. probably, probably
1: not, not. But he
3: probably bought it for like one hundred fifty dollars, two hundred bucks from his like designer.
1: A, it looks like a legit, like a early '80s or '90s, yeah. like tour shirt or something. Yeah. Um,
4: you guys remember like a year or so ago when Rihanna was rocking the uh, municipal waste patch <laughs> yeah, on Jack? Totally. Yeah, the Chris it, Brown. Chris Brown's had. It. Or yeah, yeah. yeah, and landfill just up and said he's like yeah. By all means, rock our shit. I don't care. It doesn't change the fact that you make crap music. <laughs> Kanye, <laughs>
3: for sure, he definitely has someone that, you know, shops for him. Actually, uh, I saw the guy who used to be the singer of Book of Black Earth. He runs a company called Actual Pain. And Kanye, at the uh, the f-ing fashion, New York Fashion Week runway, was wearing a Actual oh, Pain right. hat. Yeah. And uh, and dude, Thomas, the singer, was like, I don't know how the fuck. Kanye West got one of my hats, but we just sold out of these in 15 minutes after this picture (laughs) went online, so wear more of our sh, Kanye. (laughs) I'm getting
1: lots of money. Uh, Ben Wyman had a a line of products, pet products, from uh, a a website that's no longer around, but there is a new company creating dog vests. And they're overpriced, but kind of funny. Like uh, metal dog vests. (laughs) They're not like... You know, they did the smart thing and didn't like fucking make it like an actual Metallica vest. It's called Muttalica, and
5: there's small dogs too, so you can buy it for a cat probably, huh? Posy Posborn.
3: Yeah, like uh, they have, they have different uh names of of dog influenced black oh, metal bands, what? right? Emperor Barkazum and Dark Mutt Muttalica, Megapet, <laughs> Posy Posborne. How much are they? Slobber 40, bucks. 42 40. bucks to seventy bucks. So I mean, nice. you know, people spend a lot of money on goofy <laughs> shit for their dogs, anyways.
1: Might as well make it metal. Uh, cool not, do- this is not shit. metal news, but it kind of is because it all ties back in. What's the deal with hashtag cancel WWE Network?
3: Oh, okay, well, I'll talk about it real quick here. So last week, um uh, <laughs> oh, I know you will the Royal Rumble. Um, I was talking about how. You know, the whatever happened happened. I Max, I, hand me
1: one of those beers, man.
3: So uh the guy Roman oh, Reigns that uh WWE is pushing to be the next John Cena, he has had an extremely unorganic push. Like he people love Daniel Bryan right now and they want Daniel Bryan to win and they're gonna fing make their vo- voice heard. Uh and so like they're chanting for for Daniel Bryan. They're freaking out when uh, Roman Reigns wins because to be honest, he's just he he, he he cuts terrible promos. He's like a fake, fake, fake John Cena. And so uh, even- Who is Roman Reigns? Roman Reigns. He's, he's okay, but he's not ready for the push, right? He's not Superman. But they're making him try to be Superman. Vince McMahon wants him to be f***ing Hulk Hogan, right? And so he wins Royal Rumble, and they eliminate Daniel Bryan. But as soon as Daniel Bryan gets eliminated, the fans just turn on the product, and they just start chanting, we want refunds, we want refunds, Fuck this bullshit. Fuck this bullshit." <laughs> Channing Daniel Bryan, yes, 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 Daniel Bryan, booing Roman Reigns. The Rock even came out to support Roman Reigns, and they booed The Rock. Which is which is a, a thing, dude. Impossible. Like, he's the most overdude in wrestling and, and f***ing entertainment. And then uh, as soon as the pay-per-view ended, hashtag cancel WWE Network was the number one trend worldwide for 24 Damn, hours for a whole day and they yeah. were estimated to have at least 16,000 people canceled wwe network their wwe network website where you can cancel They're taking hits was was brought down they f***ing um it completely shut down the cancel the the cancel page. It crashed. It crashed. Of but course it did. They, yeah, course. they probably brought it down after Wait, the first couple hundred. Or We're so. losing
4: everyone. Shut it down. <laughs> exactly. Shut it down. <laughs> but uh, We're yeah. basic man just dives across the room and hits a hit red, red
0: button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, this so, isn't bad
4: news too. They took a major hit
1: last year stock wise. Like
3: it's true. Losing major
1: money. Basically, they need to start giving people what they. F- want. They exactly. Need to, what, th- I would love to see a... Re- Uncensored I, okay. wrestling. I would start watching, I would start going way out of my way to start watching wrestling again because I used to every week, twice or three times a week, if they brought back something like the feel and the attitude, literally, of WWE F- e raw. Yeah. When it was WWE When it was, when w- it was raw and f***ing attitude, well yeah obviously, you call it whatever you want. Yeah. But it was when they, they drank beers on stage, Titties were flopping out. <laughs> middle fingers were flying out all over the Not titties, place. Not titties, puppies. You know, well, whatever. I mean, that's the <laughs> difference. Though, is the
3: label between the WWF era and the WWE era, like right. the end of the 90s. But they
1: need to end that pro child sh- because you're losing everyone. You know what? Kids don't have money. Well, it'll it'll go back to it'll it'll never happen. They're be- gonna do something. that They're gonna be like, oh, we need to do something. <laughs> yeah,
3: I don't know. Either way, uh, I don't think it'll break. ever change until Vince McMahon dies, uh, and so. Fair enough. Um, I think that Triple H is going to be the next one in charge, and he's actually a fan of wrestling, so we'll see. Well, we'll find out. Uh, in funnier wrestling news, though, yes. kind of random: Mick Foley, Mankind, Cactus Jack, Dude Love was kicked out of an eating <laughs> contest this past the week, Wing Bowl, for stashing chicken wings in a fanny pack. <laughs> he was he was cheating the entire time, and uh, he got kicked out, called out, and uh, he was kicked out of the Wing Bowl for. Uh, yeah, there was a dude who who won w- with 444 wings in th- 26 minutes, but uh oh my God. There's
1: screen caps of yeah. Mick Foley. The, f- <laughs> the the shot they have right here is a photo of the big screen, like the diamond drop. Yep. And it's him with his greasy ass chicken fingers <laughs> lifting up his red and black flannel and shoving wings into his face. This fa- is
3: fucking classic, but be- because Mick Foley, I've read his I read his autobiography and he is notoriously cheap. He is such a f- Cheap ass. He wears sweatpants and the same free t shirts that he's got uh for his entire career. He never buys clothes. And uh when him and Stone Cold Steve Austin were on top of the WWE making millions of dollars, they would stay in hotels that were forty dollars a night. Hell yeah. Because he just wanted to save money for his family. Good. Because
1: it's not about how much you make, it's about how much you save. Exactly. There you go. Speaking of guys who are trying I to really save like a little money, and while we're continuing on with the not so metal news, just that's funny from the week yeah totally the nfl warned seattle seahawks they would be issued a 15 yard penalty this time so it's becoming a thing it's a part of the fucking game if marshawn lynch grabs on his fucking balls during the super bowl they're gonna back it up 15 yards so if marshawn lynch grabs his balls they are gonna they could potentially make us lose the fucking game <laughs> i'm just saying it's bullshit that said Good news for Marshawn, there's an Stupid. underwear company called MeUndies.com.
3: I've heard these are awesome. Chris Jericho always talks about them on his podcast. They've
1: agreed to match any fines Lynch receives as a result of his touchdown celebration <laughs> yeah. by donating to his charity, Fam First Family Foundation. So they've already agreed to donate 20000 to the donation, which was his most recent fine, hey. and they will donate up to $100,000 more for every touchdown he scores. During the Super Bowl. So
3: literally every time he touches his penis, kids will get money.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's bad. That
1: is weird. This guy is literally a superhero, man. He's like the anti-Catholic superhero. Touch He's your like- dick for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Hold my dick. Hold it. Oh, anyway, man. That rules. Why the f*** did he get fined for wearing his brand's hat? Oh, and then when one of the Patriots players is wearing his like company's hat, no fine for him. I guess it had to do with uh, it was
3: for the official Super Bowl, had to do with it being for the for the final press conference right. or whatever. Ryan,
1: Ryan's loving this conversation. You're but totally. still, why the f can't you wear your own brand? Whatever. I think oh, they're uh, just
5: mad at Marshawn at this point. They're like, oh yeah, we're gonna f you so hard by the end of the season.
1: Speaking of funny things that have to do with the Seahawks, these Seahawks slayer shirts that I'm giving away, or you're giving away, I'm giving away, I guess, because I f bought them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my cat, at some point during this last year pooped on two of them.
4: Oh, so who gets it? In the box. <laughs> I like your cat so much more right Two now. of these
1: shirts have <laughs> cat poop on them, and they're kind of moldy. Ryan gets that one.
4: It's, it's awful. So,
1: if you're getting one of the shirts, you might be the golden ticket winner. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Milton just
1: went, hey, cat shit. I need place a place to because my owner doesn't clean my cat box. You,
4: your cat is aware of what paran- or- owner. your cat picks up on paranormal activities and doesn't like sports. Back to the metal
1: news. Iron Reagan is streaming their whole new EP, which is awesome. Coming out. It's coming out on Valentine's Day. What a lovely gift for us all. Band rules. It's called Spoiled Identity. And guess how many songs are on it? 74. 8. Do, 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 14. Do, do,
4: 15. 15 songs. Damn, dude. I'm Way EP. overshot. And they're all like 16 seconds to 30 seconds long. The longest song on
1: it is a minute. And the shortest song on it, 7 oh seconds. God. That's awesome. I play during sex. Probably. Be like, I will make love free to you for the entirety of this minutes. song. <laughs> Seven seconds. Get ah, out of my house. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. What else is going on in Metal Man? Let's get uh, back to
3: it. Yeah, well, uh, Unleashed, these dudes are f- Sick, their classic Swedish Viking death metal band, and uh, they just finished their follow-up to Odalheim. Odalheim, And it's still a secret what the album is going to be called, but it's going to be on Nuclear Blast, and it should be a quote-unquote, quote another classic record.
1: That record, Odelheim, I feel like if you want to experience Game of Thrones in metal version, that is a perfect record for it, because it's like winter, Viking battle metal and it's awesome go get that record if you haven't gotten it yet sounds good to me there's a band a hardcore band from uh from the east coast called bane from boston from boston Patriots. Well, I, was, I wasn't gonna say that motherfuckers. but thanks anyway they got uh they just put out their last record their final full-length don't wait up came out last year and this is a band who i feel like mm, if you're one of those people who was like man f- punk rock Hardcore. I don't really. I, I've never f- vibed on that. I've never felt that. I've never. It's never been important to me. I feel like Bane is one of the bands who, if you went to go see them, or if you have a chance to go see them, that they might change your mind on on that.
3: Absolutely. Bane is an incredible band. One of the first hardcore bands I remember really, really falling in love with. Um, Their yeah, just it, they speak uh, to me personally just because they're they're not all about the fashion and the bullshit. And uh, in a time when metal and hardcore were coming together and really, I mean, bands like 18 Visions and Atreyu and stuff were, were kind of getting super popular. Uh, I, I found out about Bane, listened to them, and uh, just they kind of
1: rejected all that and just were, were hella real. Yeah, Bane is a band that kind of kept me, uh, kept, kept a lot of people on track with regarding like the reality of where we all should keep our mindset with some of that and they're playing their last show in Seattle ever. Uh, April 8th at El Corazon. I really appreciate how these shows are like on Wednesdays. Right? Yeah, I can go I, to these now. I think this is actually, uh, is it a Wednesday? And a, yeah. And then the next day is Thursday. I kind of want to go to the Portland show too uh, at the Star Theater. So it's the 8th and the 9th.
3: I've always thought that Bane is so much cooler just because the fact that they are singers is so ugly. Right? <laughs> it Google just Google make makes now. him that He's much more ugly. like, I don't know, real.
1: Google
5: now. Yeah, all he's, right. he's
1: ugly. We, we know. The singer of Bane is ugly, <laughs> and the Bain things that he has to say are wonderful. Are uh, far, a little more legit, I think. And he
3: gambles like a motherfucker. Yep. One time I sat in on a on a poker game between him and Comeback Kid and uh, oh the dude from Champion, and he was just annieing up, man. He was straight up, he knew his shit.
4: Yeah, sh-t. he'll get you. I want to talk about uh, Geezer Butler getting all Roadhouse. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Good way to put it. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, Geezer Butler was, uh, recently in a bar altercation, to put it mildly. And, uh, the details, (laughs) the only details that were released were that, um, he was arrested for public intoxication, assault, and a window was broken. Which makes me think of Roadhouse, because, you know, obviously. So anyway, so yeah, uh, he recently announced on Twitter, um, just put out a really nice message thanking all his fans for the support and everybody having his back on that. So, I like I like the fact that Geezer Butler, at his age, is still totally okay with throwing down a oh, bar fight. Oh, dude, yeah. That's he, rules. Here's the press
1: release from the Sheriff's Department. <laughs> Shortly after midnight on January 27th, Sheriff's Dispatch received a call regarding a verbal and physical altercation that took place at the Corkscrew Saloon, which sounds like a place that geezer would hang at, located at blah, 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 in Death Valley National Park. After the Inyo County Sheriff, blah, 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 after they arrived, it was determined that there had been an argument that escalated into a physical confrontation, resulting in an individual being struck and a broken window. I f***ing hope...
4: To God, that geezer butler threw a motherfucker through a window. I mean, ditto. See, that's what I'm thinking. I'm hoping he grabs somebody by the back of the head and just slammed them through a freaking window. I can window. see it now.
1: I can see it now. Oh, that's great. So,
4: Well, I mean, if you spent half your life dealing with Ozzy's bullshit, <laughs> I'm sure you know how to deal I with a drunk get idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Get out of my bar, bitch!
3: Speaking of real dudes, <laughs> real geezer man. Dudes. Keeping oh, it real.
1: Wow. So, I've been talking to uh, Mark Eglinton about uh, Nergal's uh, biography. Did you see the email that we got this week from him? No. We have the book. Really? We have the book? We have a PDF that is sitting in your email, or at least Sick. my. If Check your Facebook uh, messages. I think that he included both of you and was like, I wonder why Kevin's not responding to this. What the f? Kevin? Respond to it, Kevin. All right. So Behemoth uh, also announced this week that they have their own biography coming out through Metal Blade Records. So not, huh. not only does Nirgal have his biography coming out in February, but Behemoth, Devil's Conquistadors by Lucas Dunaj is coming out also in February. So it's and it, as he points out in the intro, it isn't Poland's response to Motley Crue's biography, but simply it's the story of Be- Behemoth, the music, and the band's rise to the upper echelon of metal and becoming a household name. In Poland,
4: yeah, See, that's everyone a knows. That. I
1: will read. I will, read. I will re- gladly read both of those. Mm-hmm. So be on the lookout for that if you're a fan of the Behemoths. Hmm. Sweet. I mean, lo- we got a lot of reading to do, and yeah, it is in your email. So go check it out. Cool.
5: Is there an audio book? <laughs> Can they read it to me? Can someone read to me, please? <laughs> yeah.
1: So, I
3: did not get Faith No More tickets. Um, I know a few of my friends got Faith No More tickets. I didn't get them. I didn't buy them. Hopefully, I can get some hooked up through the station. I'm not counting on it. Maybe I'll sneak into the Paramount. But they've announced that they're doing a spring North American tour, kicking off April 15th in Vancouver. And this is the first time that they've gone out in years and years and years and years. And And it's going to be, well, yep, they haven't played in over 17 years on a tour. I hope
1: they come back again because there's billion people that aren't gonna get to go they've
4: uh they they have new material and they know you know man we all we all wanted it but we couldn't have it
3: april 16th seattle washington paramount theater
4: faith no more what's the date again april 16th man april 16th it it was in our face but we couldn't grab it
2: just couldn't grab it
4: (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah
3: yeah you know what is it it?
0: (laughs) it? (laughs)
3: You want it all,
0: but you can't have
3: it. Smack, yeah. smack. <laughs> so in results just in, Anderson Silva has defeated Nick Diaz. With unanimous decision, Anderson Silva, the man whose leg turned into a f***ing noodle. Oh! Yeah, he uh, he beat Nick Diaz, and apparently it was a pretty good fight. So. And his
1: leg is still in one piece?
3: It is. It is. Okay, it is. good. But uh, Nick Diaz came out to a Deftone song, so that's cool.
1: So noodle legs McGee still has his leg about him. That's good. It doesn't mean everything for everyone, but if I had a noodle egg I would eat it like some ramen. Yeah. I'd boil it and eat myself. Munch down on your noodle. That sounds like some straight up cannibal corpse lyrics right there. Ah oh, man. If I were a noodle, I would eat myself.
3: Speaking, Speaking of <laughs> cannibal corpse lyrics. See what I did there?
4: <laughs> that segue? Oh, yeah. See, lovely. We're professionals. Right. Yeah. Segway exactly. of the week goes to Kevin on that one. Usually yep. does. Usually uh, does. I know. Uh, this this I episode of
1: Metal Shop was fun, man. It, it was fun as f. Absolutely. Chris Barnes is a super down to earth guy, and he's got like obviously decades worth of metal knowledge over all of us combined, and he could just sh- all over all of us. But he was the nicest, most down to earth dude, and let us. Proke and prod his brain and he even attempted and knocked out of the park. He annihilated that One of our actually our second or maybe even third third guest Brutal Poetry.
3: Yeah
4: I think he was the best so far honestly. And, and He just a, got so into it. And to have a dude <laughs> like that reading lyrics that he wrote. That's a pretty cool deal that's man. That's straight from the mouth. And the he was smiling. He was having a good time with it.
1: Good. Alright here's Chris Barnes. Thanks again for listening to Metal Shops Backstage Pass number 40. Hopefully the Seahawks won. Oh, they won. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If not, we'll be back uh, next week like,
0: F***! uh,
1: We'll see. See you guys next week. Here's Chris Barnes. K-I-S-W. What's up, sucker? Welcome back to the Realm of Brutality. For the next four hours, we will dominate your eardrums. My name is Ian, joined by Kevin. What up? Ryan the Beard is here. Yo, yo, yo. Max Long is here. Hey, what's going on? Oh, there he is. I guess we can turn his mic on. What's up, Max? What's up? And it's a very special night, not only because it is the eve of the Super Bowl, where the Hawks are going to go up forth and dominate the Patriots. Go, Hawks. But it's also a special night because we have a legend in the KISW studios tonight. Say hello, everyone, to Mr. Chris Barnes. Hello,
6: Chris Barnes. Hey, everybody.
1: Oh man! What's up? It's good to have you in here, man. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the Metal Shop.
6: Thanks for having me, I and welcome it.
3: to the Northwest. He is now living here in the beautiful 206.
6: I have transplanted myself like good weed. <laughs> like good weed. <laughs> Wonderful. You know,
1: Chris awesome. from uh, Six Feet Under, Cannibal Corpse, Torture Killer. So many good So uh, Tell us about coming out to the Northwest, man. Like not many people know. That you're a resident. You like kind of like ninja your way into the Northwest. <laughs>
6: yeah, I snuck in in the middle of the night. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it was just a long time coming for me. I just wanted to get out of Florida for a long time, uh, get out of the heat, out of the craziness, and uh, I nearly escaped with my life, you know. And just to get up <laughs> here, it was a long, treacherous journey with my girlfriend and a little puppy in the U-Haul with all her stuff, and came up here to... Um, Better my health and my mental state, or try to at least.
1: Well, you're stuck with us now, so I don't know if that's going to work for you tonight, man.
6: And you're stuck with some rain. <laughs> that's okay. It rains more in Florida.
1: Really? Really? Yeah.
3: Oh, sure. Yeah. Do, right. do
6: the research, everyone. Right. It's, it's really bad there. Leave really bad. stereotypes at home.
1: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, we have Chris Barnes in the studio. Going to be talking to him more in depth as the night goes on. Here's some Six Feet Under from his last his last uh, release back in 2013. Correct.
6: From uh, Unborn, yeah. From
1: Unborn, that's right.
6: All right,
1: all right. Here's prophecy getting Metal Shop started. It's the Rock, ninety nine point nine KISW. Six feet under on Metal Shop. We've got the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Barnes. Hell in yeah. the Studio man, it's uh, it's kind of weird to be sitting across from me right now. I gotta it's say, it's cool.
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's
1: pretty epic, and man, you are now a, a member of the Northwest Metal Tribe. Where we gotta say, man, you've you've inducted yourself.
6: Well thank you for allowing me to be here <laughs> Of course we, pleasure On many levels
3: We just saw a news story about how you moved here And I was like hey man we should have him up on the show So uh, literally I just tweeted you You got back to me and that's how it is was easy as
6: it was to get you up here It's so cool Yeah that's the modern age we live in yeah, that's awesome <laughs>
3: So we're kind of wondering like uh, mm-hmm. Obviously you put out that last record uh, What's going on with Six Feet Under right now You're working on writing over here in the northwest In, in Bellevue right?
6: uh yeah i rehearse over in bellevue at a a rehearsal space called uh uh, at evolution evolution studios with my good friend eden there and uh he's a great guy and he's got a great facility uh so yeah i've just been rehearsing there for tours and stuff and for uh getting ready for my vocal sessions up at london bridge studios yeah uh so i we've already completed all the tracks and we just got the record uh mastered really so we're, we're about ready to put it out this spring
1: Man, you're super close then
3: Real We're, close. We
6: are on the cusp, as they say.
3: That's badass. And you have the artist who does most of your artwork, Dusty Peterson, who lives here in the Northwest as well.
6: Dusty's up here. He he didn't get it uh, uh, in on this on this new album, okay. but but yeah, we've been working with him for a, a while, and he's an awesome guy, man. I love Dusty. It's,
1: so, what's the full lineup of Six Feet Under right now? You uh, you say you're getting pretty close.
6: Uh, well, the, the full uh, touring lineup of Six Feet Under right now is myself, Steve Swanson, Jeff Hewell, and uh, Lord Marco Pitrazilla.
4: Okay. Man, that guy's a beast.
6: (laughs) (laughs) He's Lord Marco. (laughs) So you
1: said you're practicing over in Bellevue. How often do you guys practice over there? I'm not trying to, like, send people to go and, like, listen at your door.
6: Well, I'm I'm more or less... I just go over and I, I rehearse on my own over there. And everyone in the band pretty much rehearses on their own in their own space and stuff. And then we just get together uh when we when we hit the stage man i mean sometimes we uh we'll get together before a tour and and just you know do like three or four days of just tightening things up but
4: work out the kinks
6: the polish or, exactly the polish, the yeah.
4: polish yeah so uh, awesome what- Oh,
1: let's let let's let's take a quick break, man. Our phone lines are wide open. Two zero six four two one rock. If you want to talk to Chris, can we let people talk to you, Chris?
6: Yeah, I let guess so. If, if they're nice, if, if we're they if they talk up. nicely to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, we have Chris Barnes in the studio, man. We got lots of good things, including uh, some Cannibal Corpse behemoth behemoth tickets later.
0: It's Metal Shop on the Rock. We now return to Metal Shop on the Rock. KISW.
3: Back here on Metal Shop, the most brutal four hours on the radio ever, anywhere,
0: yeah. Anywhere!
3: What's up? My name is Kevin, Ian here. We got Ryan in the studio as well as Max, but we're in the studio with Chris Barnes!
6: Hell yeah! I'm here.
3: The mastermind behind Six Feet Under, a whole bunch of other awesome projects. OG vocalist of Cannibal Corpse, he's been taking some calls. And uh, yeah, we got some more questions for you if you're down to, you know, kind of get a
6: get all weird with us. You can pick my brain, man. So, uh,
1: during the break, we had a bunch of phone callers and you were talking about how you were wa- you live in uh, close to Seattle. I-, I won't say what neighborhood because it's close enough where people actually could go bother you. <laughs> but you were walking by a bar that had some of the School of Rock kids playing the who-, who songs? Is that what you were saying? Yeah,
6: man. I was just kind of walking uh, back from the dispensary actually tonight. <laughs> <Nice>. and, uh, <laughs> getting stocked up for the show. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, I walked p- past this nightclub, and there were some, like, 10-, 12-year-old kids on stage with a crowd in front of them, and they were playing Who songs, man. And th- this drummer was, like, maybe three and a half, four feet tall. I don't know <laughs> how he reached the uh, the kick drum pedal, but he was playing like he was Keith Moon, man. I mean, he was ripping it up. The whole band was awesome, and it's really good to see that, man. That, you know... It's it's just uh, it's a real awesome city that that we live in here. It's not like it is anywhere else. Yeah,
1: those school rock guys—they just expanded and then opened up a new school in West Seattle. I just think it's cool to see young kids playing music, real like real instruments.
6: Music's an important thing, man. Especially growing up, and um, it lets you explore yourself and your own ideas. Um, you know. Art does that, and, uh, you know, whether it be music or just, you know, painting or drawing or something like that, uh, you know, those are important things that need to be in our in our society, in our schools, and, um, you know, it's really awesome to see kids just be up on stage having fun doing that, man. That's That's a having
4: fun,
6: the yeah. most important part. Having it's, a good time. It is. That's the main thing, man. Are you
4: going to go be a guest teacher at some point? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, I don't know
6: if their parents would like that too much, man. <laughs> well, I,
3: I saw one night where the kids played the big four. They I saw them doing Metallica, Anthrax. Slayer. I'm doing they, Slayer. They, yeah. they,
6: they went nuts with it. the parents right.
3: were like, this is cool.
6: <laughs> well, geez, dawn, they uh, sleep. Most of, here, They may have grown up with it. The parents now, it's like it's maybe not too far off. Yeah, exactly. So it's Getting wow. closer
1: so, uh, where I was going with that is like, have you found a good local place to go chill and hang? And anywhere you go, like to go drink or um, smoke or uh, have shout out to, eat? to your dispensary? Yeah. <laughs>
6: well, well, Fremont Brewing is like right down the street from me, so oh, like that's my my favorite favorite beer probably on earth now, okay, and sweet. it just so happens to be there, and it's gonna. It's probably going to put on another twenty pounds by the end of the year. I mean, oh, so, you'll have earned it. Yeah, I, I love it though. Yeah, that's a great place, and um, um, yeah, there's some really great dispensaries and stuff around me, and some awesome restaurants, and just uh, it's. I, I feel at home here, so it's really good. That's for good,
4: me.
3: man. Yeah. See, <laughs> so you, uh, you were talking about us uh, talking about how you were into football for a while there when you were living in Buffalo, but then you kind of got out of it because, well. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was kind of pitiful to to follow your your local team.
6: It it kind of fell apart there. I we you know I supported them all through those those years and rough times. It wasn't anybody's fault. I can't say anybody in particular, but it was tough a tough pill to swallow for those many years. And uh, I took a break from football for you know what has it been twenty five years. Fan? No, I wasn't a Dolphins fan, but you know what? Is out. This is okay. What's happening here tomorrow? Because I hate the Patriots more than the Thank Dolphins. You. Yeah, so yeah. this is like the battle of good against evil tomorrow, I <laughs> and, and <laughs> it's going to get it's going to get hairy, and uh, it's going to be a fun game. So That's I think cool. it's going to be intense. That's well, awesome. Well, uh,
1: we're going to dedicate this next song to the Patriots. You know this one? It's called "Hacked to Pieces." <laughs> And uh, we're gonna play a couple uh, some Six Feet Under songs. We'll we'll be back. This is Chris Barnes in studio. It's Metal Shop on the Rock of Seattle. Six Feet Under on Metal Shop. Yeah, featuring Ice T, the real OG, the OG, the New Jack Hustler.
5: That's true. <laughs>
1: so tell us, uh,
3: what was it like recording with Ice T? Tell us, give us uh, a little insight as to the recording process. Were you guys just chilling and? Did you, were you guys actually in the same studio at the same time, or was it, like, something you collaborated with over computers? Or
6: No, we didn't really do anything by computers. That was, like, like 01, I think, we did that word, song. Word. So um, It was pretty incredible, actually. We went up to New York to record his vocal part, and I sent him the track a while before, but I never heard anything back, so it was, like, a, mis- a really big mystery. Yeah. And when I got there... I met up with him, and he was like, okay, let's hear the track. So he went in the studio. He didn't, hadn't heard the track yet. Oh, okay. And so he, he was
1: like, oh, this is what I'm getting into. Yeah, right. yeah,
6: This
1: is some rock
0: stuff.
6: He knew what he was getting into. He all just right. didn't know the specifics, I guess. All but, right, man, right. I, I left the room for approximately three and a half minutes, and I someone came running out. Actually, it was Brian Slagle came running out into the hallway. Said, "Chris, Chris, come on in here. You got to hear this." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "He's done." I'm like, "What do you Whoa, mean he's that? done?" he's done?" "I
4: was gone for
2: thirty it, seconds." "I I
6: was literally gone for three and a half minutes at most." And he <laughs> had he I walked into the control room. He was on the mic finishing the song in the booth.
3: So he didn't have anything written out. He had he nothing
6: just... written. He wrote it. Damn. And. And recorded it within that amount of time. Dude, he just That's let killer. that
3: fly. That's some hate.
6: That is some
1: <laughs> hatred. <laughs> he had that bottled up for a while.
6: It's <laughs> <laughs> just intense, man. Intense. So That's we were, awesome. You man. were
1: talking a little bit about coming out of the dispensary uh, earlier. How, like, and be honest now, how much of a factor did legal weed in the Northwest play into you? You know, moving out here.
6: Um. Well, it was a big part of it, man, because I felt like for. A big portion of my life, um, over half of my life, I was saying publicly and to myself, if there was ever a place that had legal weed that I loved and would want to live there, why wouldn't I be there? Yeah,
3: there you go. And
6: I asked myself that question a couple more times and sold my house in uh, two days, packed up the house and left within two weeks and got up here and
1: uh we were all just lucky enough to already live here
6: i just uh yeah yeah for sure man (laughs) i I, i've i just been digging it up here for years my mom lived up here in the 70s and uh i just heard all these cool stories and then when i started touring coming up here i always felt like i felt comfortable up here you know
3: there you go so tell us a little bit about uh your history of the marijuana. There's
1: lots of green fans out there. (laughs) How
3: old were you the first time you hit it? What were you listening to? And what was that whole thing like? Tell us a little bit of the story.
6: Oh, okay. Well, um, I was lucky to grow up in a house that, you know, my, my dad and his wife were very kind of progressive and he grew, he grew cannabis and, 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 uh, sold it and, so I remember, like, the original Acapulco Gold strains wow. and Panama Red, the yeah. real red. And, the land race strains, yeah. Yeah, that were eradicated by uh, Paraquat and, you know, the whole G. Gordon-Libby thing and right. everything like that. Um, wow. So, like, yeah, my first time I smoked it was, I think I was, like, 12 years old. So it was probably, like, 78 or something, 79. Damn. Uh, I was listening. I wasn't listening to anything at the time. I stole a roach out of the ashtray. <laughs> like, oh, and I'll take that. Me and my best friend took my uh, mini bike and went trail riding and and smoked a couple roaches. That <laughs> sounds perfect. That was it. And yeah. it was an epic ride. It was. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and the ride still has not ended.
6: <laughs> it continues. <laughs> so if
1: you're when you're by yourself, like in your house, what do you have? Like a big ass bong? Are you like a blunt guy? A joint guy? A how do, you, how do you like to smoke, man? What, your Indica, sativa?
6: Well, that's a, one thing I, I mentioned about my health was why I came up here was, you know, because of cannabis and everything. Um, but I, I dab now. I've been dabbing for about three years. Okay, And And cool. uh, I've cured my asthma by dabbing.
4: Wow. So. Awesome. Wow. That's incredible.
6: Right on. Well, aside from
3: you, who's the biggest stoner in death metal? Um...
6: Uh, the biggest, the biggest stoner in death metal. Um, it used to be my good friend uh, Chuck Schuldiner. Huh. All right. Know? So he was a, a great smoking friend. But All now right. I he... say my uh, my good friend, uh, Landfill Hall from <laughs> Cannabis yes! Court. Cannabis Courts. We had him He's, up in the studio
4: last we, time. We, we have one hell of a picture to show <laughs> you, my
0: friend. <laughs>
6: That's awesome. Well, I've you know, It's gonna. I think everyone's gonna be surprised uh, in the next couple months. Uh, with some of the stuff we got planned. So. It's really? really excellent. Teasing, teasing.
1: On. What? Are you going to let something
3: out? <laughs> I, so I
6: almost close. did, didn't I? On, I almost, yeah. you, almost, you almost heard something. Yo, sure. everybody's just going, <laughs> leaked out. Chris, what
1: is you it? must tell us more. <laughs> you, know,
6: so you can put two and two together. You know? Nice. Okay, we'll, keep, we'll keep working on you.
1: We'll keep working on you. But in the meantime, this is one of your and our favorite stoner classics.
3: The Touch of Velvet.
1: <sighs> yeah, it's 420. Chris Barnes in the studio, man. It's gonna be a green night. This kicks ass. It's Metal Shop. Stay with us. It's the Rock
3: of Seattle. Barnes hanging out in the studio, welcoming him to the Northwest by letting him, I don't kind of curate an episode of Metal Shop, we play some Six Feet Under for him, and uh,
1: yeah, yeah. You having fun? Chris? I'm having
6: a great time, man. Yeah, this getting, is awesome.
1: Getting lots of
0: love from people on the phones, man. <laughs>
3: One dude People were being
0: polite. They called are. up and was like, how do you do it, man? How do you do it? How do you do that with your voice, man? You got to dick real deep. Uh,
6: yeah, so I guess he thought I'd use a pedal or something. Like a vocal effect or anything <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, I press on a button.
4: No button. <laughs> there's
6: there's a button.
4: That's pure unfiltered. Now, Chris, this take wasn't quite right. Could you turn the suck knob down a little bit? You
6: know,
0: you turn the
4: God. Knob I on. wish. I
6: wish I could, man. That's I really good. wish I could turn it down.
0: Is that Metal button. <laughs> <Awesome. laughs> well, we're
1: gonna be uh, showing some love to an awesome tour, one of the biggest of the year. Tickets to go see Behemoth and Cannibal Corpse. Next on Metal Shop.
0: We now return to Metal Shop on the Rock. 99.9 KISW. Uh,
1: in just a few minutes at From the Vault at midnight, we are going to be playing uh, one of Chris Barnes' uh, oldest bands, one of your high school bands, man.
6: We're going to make it feel old. <laughs> We're going to make it feel old. You don't have to make me feel old. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I just want to f- further illustrate that this man in our studio right now has been around and was around in an, area, an era when this kind of, like, didn't really exist. So we wanted to ask you... Like you were one of the first to really dive deep into like the super gory lyrics and push that boundary on the metal imagery. But like how did where did that come from? for you? Where did where did the inspiration come from? Was it like movies, comics, voices in your
6: head? <laughs> um, it was basically. I think I just had a vivid imagination when I was younger, and I liked to write stories. That was really interesting to me. And when I started to. Get into playing music, um, I had to try to match this heavy music that I was hearing. You know, the guitars being real loud and just aggressive. I just felt like that's what matched it. And as I got better at singing and felt more comfortable with my voice and what I felt like I could do better, I kept trying to make it match that distortion of the guitars, how aggressive that sounds coming off the strings. And just that—that
1: that, so meet mean abrasive with abrasive, yeah.
6: And the percussion, of, you know, the percussion of the drums, and just to get that out of my voice. That's really how I focused it, and that's all the lyrics and and all that was kind of wrapped up within just. Uh, the sounds
3: wouldn't really match if you were singing about rainbows and, and happy stuff.
6: <laughs> no,
3: I've tried, oh, yeah. tried
6: to do that, <laughs> I've been, yeah, I've been ripped apart for it.
3: <laughs> Word. Well, uh, you know what? We're actually going to be giving away tickets. February 10th is the is a big, humongous show, it's going to be Cannibal Corpse as well as Behemoth. You are. We're the OG vocalist of Cannibal Corpse. So you know a thing or two about that back catalog, yeah. and uh, we're, they're going to be playing some of those songs. I'm sure it's going to be at El Corazón. That right now we're playing a band called Behemoth. Put out one of the best records of the last five years last year. It was number one on the top twenty of Metal Shop.
1: And this month, uh, autobiographies from Nergal and the band Behemoth come out.
6: Sick. And I think I brought these guys over on their first tour of the states. Well, there
3: you go, man. Mm-hmm. Connection to oh, both. It's all
1: coming together
3: word all it's right. all one incestuous metal family 206 421 rock to win tickets be calling number 9 10 11 and 12 11 and 12 win these tickets it's behemoth here on metal shop
6: yeah. <laughs> hell yeah
3: what's your name man all right where are you calling from dude Everett. right on stay on the line dude all
1: right. hey guess what what's that you're going to see Cannibal Corpse and Behemoth. Nice. Damn, woo Nice. Goddamn you got to those colors. Hey, man. You know how we do. We All right, sending you go to see a bunch of sweet metal, metal blade bands. Stay on the line, man. Right
0: on. Thanks,
3: dude. Pretty fitting that the night that we're giving away tickets to go see Behemoth and Cannibal Corpse, we have OG Cannibal Corpse vocalist and current six feet under mastermind, Chris Barnes in the studio, hanging out with us. He is now a Northwest... I don't know. Metalhead, he's a, metalhead. He's he's a, a northwest metalhead, a resident of this 206 area code. It's badass to have you in the studio, man. As we have said many times already.
6: I'm here and I appreciate it. Thank you for welcoming me. What of are you, course. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing
1: for the, the for the, the Super Bowl tomorrow, the big game?
6: Uh, oh, I'll be smoking a Super Bowl, packing it tight. <laughs> yes. Good man. <laughs>
1: uh, we had these uh, s- these shirts that we've had for the last here at uh, last year here at Metal Shop. It is a uh, sweet Seahawks Slayer ripoff logo. And we gave you one, Chris. You got yours.
6: I love it, man. It's uh, I am now a renewed football fan, I guess, especially <laughs> if Slayer's involved. It's a
3: classic Slayer winged eagle, and it is super tight. And it's like a mashup of
1: Slayers and Seahawks coolness. Yeah. People have been bugging me for weeks and months about, hey, man, I, I've seen this. I've seen this. And I knew in my back of my head, I was like, yeah. I'm the one that's got them. Yeah, it's- he's got a huge box of them, and he's been sitting on them
3: all year long just for this moment where we can give them to you.
1: Yeah, so call us up, 206-421-ROCK. Tell us, say hi to Chris. Uh, tell him what your favorite Six Feet Under song is. Say some Go Hawks. If you're cool, we might just hook you up with one of those shirts.
3: Let us know. Anyway,
0: Do you want it? This you- is a. Yeah. Yeah. You want this. You want it, punk? One, two, three. <laughs> yeah! 99.9 KISW and KISW HD1 it's midnight on the rock this Let's get some metal from the vault.
3: Yes, it is from the vault, our old school segment where we dust off some tracks we haven't played in quite a while. And or this ever. is one that we've never played. Like Ian just said there, uh, this is a band. Because we have Chris Barnes in the studio, we decided to dust off a track from uh, his second band ever. When he, Back in the day, man, Tyrant Sin.
6: Yeah, when I was a young man, so my vocals sound a lot different in this stuff. Definitely. That's for sure.
1: How old hey. were you?
6: Uh, This was probably, what, 87-ish? Yep, 1987. So I would have been uh, 19.
3: 19 years old, a young Chris Barnes. And uh, what do you remember most about Tyrant Sin in those
6: days? Well, it was my first band, and I kind of rotated back to them after another band I was in disbanded. This yeah. band, Leviathan. So, uh, and it was
1: you with Paul Paul Mizerkiewicz. Right?
6: It was yeah, it was Paul Mizerkiewicz, drummer for Cannibal Corpse, and also Bob Bruce, a guitarist, original guitarist for Cannibal Corpse as well. Word. And we were all kind of high school friends, and it was just like it all started out with just playing cover songs, and then those guys started writing stuff and
3: What I, was the what band was your biggest influence for Tyrant Sin?
6: I think um, Slayer was always everyone's biggest influence. I hear that. You that, can definitely yeah. hear it a little bit. Yeah, Slayer and Metallica back in those days, you know. The sure. thrash. Yeah.
3: Right on. Well, we're going to play a song off of their first demo from 1987 going back to the old school with Chris Barnes hanging out here in the studio. We're going to play the first song off the demo. This is Slaughtered It's a little old school. It is from the vault.
2: studio, Chris Barnes.
1: What's I'm up, Chris? I'm here. I'm here. It's good to have you, man. We still have a lot of people fighting for those, I guess we call them Slayhawk shirts.
6: Oh, they're they're seriously cool.
1: If you want to see it, go to the KISW uh, Facebook page. There's a video of us brandishing them, I guess would be the best word. <laughs>
6: brandishing.
3: All night long, if you want to go win tickets to go see Pirate Fest with Ale Storm and Swashbuckle at El Corazon on Valentine's, all you gotta do is is tweet or I'm sorry, not tweet us, text us to seven seven nine 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 with the word pirate, and you can go for free.
1: So Chris Six Feet Under, you guys have three cover records so far, the Graveyard Classic series. What is it about a given song that drives you to want to cover it? Is what what's the it factor that that snags you?
6: For, for me, just a song that I like uh, growing up or something like like that. That just something that hits me hard. You know, maybe that's even more recent.
1: Right on. Because you guys have done a quite a wide variety.
6: Yeah, there's a wide variety on there. It's f- pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Do
1: you
3: have a favorite cover to play live? And uh, when was the last time you got to actually like bust one out?
6: Uh, yeah, I mean, probably the favorite one to play live is TNT when we're in Germany. You know? Sweet. Um, yeah. that's, that goes nuts every time we play that at the end of a set. Uh, we did that one not too long ago in Germany on one of the last tours we did over there. Nice. Okay.
1: Um, Right on. On on Halloween on Metal Shop, we do an all-covers episode, so it's like metal bands covering metal bands, metal bands covering non-metal bands, and vice versa.
3: Metal bands dressing up as their favorite metal bands. Right. So what's... (laughs) do, Do
1: you have a favorite cover that's been done by another band? That If we can all still wrap our minds around the covers...
6: Oh, wow, that's just getting really like through the wormhole for me here. (laughs) I I don't know if I can handle that right now. We'll give you some time to think about it.
1: Like for us, that that new Randy Rhodes uh, tribute album is going to be coming out in a couple of months, too. Yeah, that's That's
6: going to be be awesome. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Any chance of a UFO cover? We did a UFO cover on one of these albums, didn't we?
1: Mm. Let's
3: look it
0: up. I might be that. I think
6: we did on, <laughs> so on three. We did a UFO song, didn't we? Now, yeah. what
1: about this? Do you have any plans for number four of Graveyard Classics?
6: Well, I haven't. Uh, we kind of wanted it to just be a trilogy. Okay. <laughs> but Let it exist. <laughs> you never know. How about that? You never know right. what could happen. Maybe uh, it's, it's something that we'll do.
3: There is no Graveyard Classics number three UFO
6: song. But. There's nothing. We didn't do a UFO song. No
3: UFO. Prong, Ramones, Twisted Sister, Exciter, Van Halen, Bachman, Turner. Slayer, oh, Metallica, it was the BTO Campbell. song. BTO. Yeah. Yeah.
6: BTO, choice. not UFO. So. <laughs> Damn it's it. I bottle. hope Slagle's still not listening. He's going <laughs> to kill me for that.
4: See, I'm, I'm hoping for a, for a rock bottom cover, man. Yeah, UFO's rock bottom, yeah. I think that'd be tight.
6: We, we, we were gonna do a Nazareth song, too. I mean, there's a couple yeah. of things going on there. So. I don't know. Nice. We song. never got to it.
1: We're gonna jump into the last, time. the last one off of Graveyard Classics, number one. In League with Satan! Covering Venom. Chris Barnes still in studio, still giving away those Seahawks Slayer shirts. Say with us, it's... Me- Patriots!
3: you got another thing coming.
1: It goes out to you, suckers! We'll be seeing you tomorrow down in Phoenix. It's true. So Judas Priest destroyed the Tacoma Dome last time they came through. That's right. We were just talking about how, man, if there's one guy that still got it, it's going to be Rob M. F. and Halford.
3: That's right, man. Some Judas Priest here on Metal Shop hanging out all night long, kill, killing it,
1: we've four all hours been, of brutality. Uh, we've been like kind of uh, smiling with S-eating grins on our faces for the last few minutes, just uh, anticipating What is about to happen.
5: It's
3: true. We uh, often have great moments here on Metal Shop, but here could be one of the greatest. Right now, we're going to get a little bit more sensitive and look at some of the more artistic side of metal as we delve into the Metal
1: Shop Lounge. And tonight, we have a special guest in the lounge. It's Mr. Chris Barnes from One Six Feet Under, investigating one of his own finer tunes. This is him reciting... Feasting on the blood of the insane Chris, take it away.
6: In the dark of the night, I search for the mindless wretches of society to drink of their blood and feast upon their flesh. Time to break cause you'll never take this. Lots of stiffs and blood what a sickening mess, what a, mess. What a mess Feasting on the blood of the insane. Here's another tale of the mother, effin' deranged. Psychotic, violent, another one dead, blood clotted. Lust for blood, a need for insanity, die in the slaughter. Time to tab an artery. Brain withered, another empty thought. I will kill again and never be caught. Kill again. Face to face with a monster of hate. Another victim, another piece of meat. Time to kill. No one gets out alive. Another scream, another dies. First I kill, and then I feed. Can't deny my bloodlust need. A son of a, the third generation, schooled in the art of human strangulation. Only one thing will control my pain, that's to drink the blood of the insane. My need for blood drives me to kill. Another dying, bleeding for my lust. Feed on the dead, feed on the dead, feed on the dead. I've got to get the blood flowing. Just a bit of guts and gore. Indulgence in the blood of freaks. Take another dose of the bloodlust To rip apart and shred the dead. Teeth stuck in another victim. Blood bath. I'm gonna kill again.
0: Snaps snaps. Incredible. The Almighty. Five out of five stars. Making history
1: on Metal Shot. Six feet under. <laughs> Facing on the blood <laughs> of the inside! <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, 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 uh. That's
1: badass! Feasting on the blood of the insane, the Chris Barnes. That's going down in the annals of metal shop history, right there.
3: From the 1999 <laughs> record Maximum Violence, what would you say was like the breakthrough Six Feet Under record?
6: Uh, I'd have to say probably our first record, Haunted.
3: Okay, well, started it off breaking through. That's awesome. Yeah, the rules,
1: hell yeah. So, man, uh, w- if, what are you listening to right now? If we were to hit play on your your iPad or, or your iPod or whatever you got, like, what would we hear? And, you know, be honest, don't be afraid, you know. doesn't have to be some crucial metal record or whatever. Yeah. Well,
6: I actually cheated. I saw that question, so I was like, <laughs> what is on here? I don't Prepare even... Prepare myself. It, I, what was on there when I opened it up was Death Clot, one of my own songs, because I practice with my songs on my phone. Nice. Right? <laughs> but, you know, like... Good. Highest or something like that, I'd probably be listening to. Some Doom, some Sabbath, or Alice in Chains.
3: Yeah. There you go. There's the it's Northwest nice. love.
6: Yeah, well, I <laughs> man, I've always kind of been an Alice in Chains fan. I mean, and I got to record my vocals in the same booth that, that Lane recorded all of the songs wow. that he recorded at, at that studio at London Bridge. And yeah. that was like really, really special and intense for me.
1: That's yeah, cool, I mean, man. it's a really intense... My band even recorded one of our first records there, too, so I know it's a really it's, intense room, man, to be in. Just, yeah,
6: man, just it just is. stand there. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, man.
3: So, uh, I follow you on Twitter, and today you actually posted a tweet, and you said there was a movie, John Locke,
6: that you hated.
1: Oh, is that the Keanu
3: Reeves John- movie? Yeah, that
6: Keanu Reeves movie. What, I almost was it? bought that last night. Oh, man, I I made the mistake. We were, like, going back and forth about it all week. I was like, you know what, it's got... They, people are saying they liked it, so I guess I'll give it a shot. And uh, it was horrible, man. No dice. John Wick, yeah, don't. John Wick, oh, John, don't, John Wick, sorry, that's right, right. Yeah, don't don't watch that one. That uh, movie, Nightcrawler, though, w- with, um, with with Jake uh, with, yeah, Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Gyllenhaal, amazing. I just that, bought
1: that too.
3: Unreal. Nice.
6: That's really good. So that's a good one. Yes.
3: Uh, are you still? Do you still like horror movies? Is there anything modern horror movie wise that you, you dig?
6: and I, mean, I watched so many movies I'd have to go down the list to kind of Word. you know revisit everything because i i mean i've i have i've i've watched so many movies it's ridiculous nice You're a I, I, buff. I, yeah i am i've got like over six hundred dvds damn and, you know just it's it's stupid <laughs> Well,
1: that's wow. not stupid if it's what you love. We got a fatty vault of DVDs.
3: That's awesome, man. And
6: yeah, yeah, that's stupid. Though. The collection. Would <laughs> <laughs> it
1: be like, man? I got a fatty vault of
0: VHS or Beta. Yeah, Beta. beta Check this out. Yeah, I've
6: got an Xbox catalog now. I don't know when it stops. It just man, I know. It's, like, some laser a, discs. Uh, yeah, I'm like, a movie hoarder. Man,
1: I have this old iPhone six. <laughs> <laughs> Act. Yo, remember this? Oh my god, six months ago?
0: <laughs>
1: Alright, Chris Barnes we have in studio right now. Uh, when we get back, giving away some more of those Seahawks Slayer shirts. It's Metal Shop on the Rock.
0: Now, The Rock Report. 99.9 KISW.
4: Flash. Rush's Geddy Lee, Motley Crue's Nikki Sixx, and more will appear on a new VH1 classic documentary series called Rock Icons. Now, the series was brought to you by the same team that did Super Duper Alice Cooper, Iron Maiden Flight 666, and the VH1 program Metal Evolution. Rock Icons will debut on February 21st with Geddy Lee. Future episodes will focus on Slash, Nikki Sixx, Rob Halford of Judas Priest, Ted Nugent, Ann Wilson of Heart, Dave Mistate of Megadeth, and Def Leppard's
0: Joe Elliott.
4: That's it for The Rock Report. To check out more stories like these and to stream live, head up KISW.com. For The Rock Report, I'm Jolene.
0: The Rock Report from The Rock of Seattle, 99.9 KISW.
2: I'm Bradley Johnson with one 800 DUI Away, and I want to talk to you about field sobriety tests. Take following a pen with your eyes. It's called the Horizontal Nystagmus Test. How simple does that sound? Or the Romberg Balance Test. Stand completely still, eyes closed, arms out, head tilted back, and silently count to 30. At 1 800 DUI Away, we want you to know that these are difficult tests performed in front of a police officer, threatening you with jail. You should also know that these tests are voluntary. You can bet if an officer were pulled over and accused of DUI, He'd decline the tests, and so would I, and I don't even drink. Call 1 800 DUI Away or go to 1 800 to set up a free private consultation in Seattle, Everett, or Tacoma. So the next time you think they're just simple tests, try to think of their names. They're not an opportunity to make this DUI go away. Leave that to us.
0: 1 800 DUI Away.
4: 1 800 DUI Away.
0: I'd like to thank all the rockaholics for their overwhelming response in choosing Feldman and Lee to protect them from greedy insurance companies who only care about keeping you from getting what you truly deserve. I'm Brandon Feldman of Feldman and Lee. I hope you are never the victim of someone else's negligence, but if you are, you must act quickly. Our number one goal is to maximize your recovery. But it's important we talk immediately. Text LAWYER to 77999 now for our contact information. You never know when someone else's bad driving is going to make you glad you have it. Text LAWYER to 77999 now. While everything's good, it may be too late to avoid an accident, but there's still time to avoid a disaster. We'll evaluate your case for free and explain the best way to get justice from greedy insurance companies, including yours. Contact Feldman and Lee by texting LAWYER to 77999 right now. Text LAWYER to 77999. FeldmanLead.com FeldmanLead.com text message and demo back apply. to metal shop 99.9 k i s w
1: we're in studio soaking up as much time and aura as we can out of the man chris barnes
3: <laughs> if we hang out with him enough we can be metal right you can be
1: a little more brutal
6: you guys are metal (laughs) enough you got my seal of approval
0: whoa
6: so I mean like
1: we're gonna talk in infinitives here and don't feel like it's like the weight of the world on you or people are gonna judge you forever but let's talk metal a little
6: bit sure
1: (laughs) do you have a favorite metal band of all time I know it's tough it's a tough question for any of us
6: oh um probably Judas Priest
1: nice
3: yeah yeah
6: yeah, that you know they were my favorite it's priest, and it was you know I I've obviously followed vocalists you know so yeah Rob Halford Ozzy Lemmy um, Paul Diano yeah.
3: when when you were first getting into metal did you try to do the falsetto <clears throat> thing
6: Yeah, I tried to sing a uh, victim of change changes for probably about. Three or four weeks straight in my bedroom, <laughs> you know, to my boom box, and that's when How did I just, it work out? thats uh, I tried and tried, man. <laughs> you know, I, that's when I learned I really didn't have that type of voice, and I kept trying even when I started singing in a band. But no, I didn't. Yeah. I just had to kind of discover what what I had. So. Yeah, yeah, I think it works for you. Thank you. <laughs> I think it Thanks. works.
1: <laughs> so, who would you consider to be the big four of death metal? We all know the big four of thrash. But there's a lot of classic and very influential death metal bands you have been in. Um, Several of them.
6: Yeah. uh, I would say, uh, as far as influence went back then, I think it was uh, uh, was Death. For sure. Morbid Angel. uh, I mean, it's... Cannibal Corpse was at that time, and I would say obituary as well. Okay,
3: that's a solid four for me, man. I don't think anyone's gonna really uh, complain about that solid four. That's you heard it right there—the big four of death metal.
1: Now you've been been involved in a lot of stuff now over your career: Six Feet Under, Torture Killer, I Hate It, and and more. Like, are there any metal projects you've had to kind of sideline because you've been too busy, or anything you've wanted to do with anyone that you haven't gotten a chance to?
6: Uh, well, there's, you know, there's, we've, I've got a lot of friends out there in music and luckily that I've, you know, had for a while and there's been people that we've, I've talked to that, you know, oh, we've got to do something or, you know, and right it just, maybe someday. Yeah, it just hasn't, we haven't connected yet on that, but, um,
2: anything you want to let out of the bag?
6: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. guys are just trying to get <laughs> Come me Come on, there. man. <laughs> I'm trying to be a journalist here. <laughs> I know, it. The boss is probably listening, so I probably oh. can't say anything. Oh. Right. All right. All right. All right. You guys yeah, you know. I know how that is. Trust me. So
3: Trust me. Since we have you up here on a metal radio show, if you were the host, and you are kind of the go- co-host tonight, what would you be playing? Kind of schooling people, saying, this is what you need to hear.
6: Oh, well, any one of those four that I mentioned, you know, and... and Carcass as well. I mean, you got to throw Carcass in the mix. So Absolutely, man. You know, they they were ultra-important as far as a big influence on, on me and all the death metal bands back then. Uh, so, yeah, Heartwork is one of my all-time favorite, favorite death metal metal bands. Right on. album.
3: Well, we're going to play it right now for Chris Barnes' it's Heartwork. Off the record Heartwork, it's Carcass. we got Chris Barnes in the studio. Oh!
1: Kondamash starting up on the right foot tonight with a band called Insect Warfare.
3: I feel like us doing Cookie Monster vocals around Chris Barnes. He's just laughing at he's us. Just like,
5: <laughs> uh,
4: <laughs> Amateur. No, not at
6: all. I, I feel very flattered.
3: <laughs> We're just impersonating you, man. <laughs>
1: Right on. It's it's a it's 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 an homage.
4: Well,
3: Metal Shop is a pretty uh, extreme show, but during this segment we get the most extreme. It is caught in a mosh. Our 15 minutes of grindcore, hardcore, extreme sounds, and there is none of us talking in the Mm, middle of it. Just Just
1: pushing your face into a meat slicer.
3: Yeah, just straight grinding your mind. Good stuff, right there. Insect warfare. Starting off, Cotton Mosh, and we got some new music to go into.
1: This is a band called Napalm Death. Yeah. Chris, have you gotten a chance to hear the new Napalm Death yet?
6: I have not. Not yet.
1: It is so good. I don't even think it's out. Is it out yet? Yes. Did it is just it? come out? Yes. Uh, January Apex, It's called right. Apex Predator Easy Meat. The new Came Napalm out this Death past Tuesday. is devastatingly crushing. Uh, go they, get it.
6: They're always crushing, man. They're one of the originators.
2: Oh,
1: yeah. And they have kept it going this Whole time, man. Huge props to Napalm Death. This song is called Metaphorically Screw You.
6: Nah.
3: It's Napalm Death on Cotton Amash. Brand new music.
5: Oh! Yeah. Cotton We host a
1: pretty heavy metal show here on, uh, on KISW, but every week at 1 o'clock on Sunday morning, we play you the heaviest 15 minutes we can find, and we ended it tonight with a band called Gadget. The song Keep Out.
3: Some real nice Sunday morning church-going tunes. While we're sitting in the <laughs> presence
1: of one of the ambassadors of Heavy himself, Chris Barnes.
6: Yeah, dude. Hello.
1: Do you uh, do you, get, you got a seal of approval on this 15 minutes of brutality? It
6: was, it was sheer mayhem. Nice. nice. I'll
1: take it. Well, uh, before Gadget, we had a band from
3: the Tri-Cities area of Washington State the drip Siren off their newest release from Relapse Records support those dudes Bird Flesh before that one of Ryan's favorites Alive Autopsy yeah Vomitory Shrouded in Darkness before that a band that we can all support Weekend Nachos with Scars Napalm Death a new one by them metaphorically speaking screw you and that's about all of our bosses out there Insect Warfare Disassembler hell yeah that started off Cotton Amosh, man.
5: That's what I like to hear.
3: And I don't mean our bosses here at the radio station, I mean my bosses at the uh, my day job.
1: Of course. Oh no, no, no. sorry, Ryan. Drunk. The in other charge. bosses. Uh, the other guys. Uh, later this hour <laughs> we're talking about how geezer butler threw a dude through a window in a bar fight. Oh yeah. He's
0: still brutal. Getting Roadhouse! We
1: should be doing our beard pick, and when we get back, new music from Melakesh. We now
0: return to Metal Shop on the Rock. 99.9 KISW.
1: There is one band from the Mideast mm-hmm. that are uh, incredibly true to their brutality. They're scary. They're a band called Melokesh. Yes. And uh, they straight up scare the S out of me every time they come to town.
3: <laughs> yeah, they have a new album coming out February 27th, and uh, it's going to be pretty sweet. It's, uh, it's called NK. E-N-K-I. We got a new song off of it you viewing for you.
1: Uh, we all know the guest on this is the name of Max Cavalera. Nice. So adding the stamp of approval from Sepultura and Soulfly Camps. This song rules. Check out their new record when it comes out in a few weeks. This is Melikesh, Lost Tribes. It's Metal Shop. On Metal Shop, Faith No More tickets went on sale this week. And they sold out in, like, three seconds. Yeah, they were gone in 15 minutes. Damn. 15 minutes, man.
3: So lucky you if you were, uh you got some of those and we were uh, talking
1: about this on the podcast earlier it's been 17 years since faith no more did a full u.s tour wow
3: i'll buy you some cheeseburgers if you give me a free ticket
1: <laughs> yeah chris you got ins on that
0: i i i probably don't i know you're what in the music industry <laughs> there's yeah. gotta be something yo we're-
4: i will buy you one more cheeseburger than kevin will <laughs> suck it heads up <laughs> just throwing it out there uh when is the show though come on Faith No More. It's uh, going to be April 16th, man. At the Paramount Theater. Uh, April 16th at the Paramount. So you're going to have to scratch, beg, and fight for those. Splay some leg on the street. Scratch together some there cash for an extra ticket. Well, we got Chris Barnes here,
1: man. We're going to keep peeking
4: your brain while we all still have ours.
6: Yeah, I don't know if mine's still here.
1: Well, you're we're about to hear, as here as we all are. <laughs> okay. See? <laughs> Well, okay, so tell us about the first time you heard death metal, man. Did it scare you? Did it freak you out? Or were you just like, this is what I've been missing?
6: Well, it really, there wasn't really death metal. He invented it. Kind of, kind he was of like, I did it. No, I, th- I think possessed, really, was, were, they were the first ones to use the term death metal. So I guess we kind of loosely thought of them as death metal, but it wasn't like an overall term that everyone used then. You know, it was like okay. still kind of thrash metal or something at that point. It was all just metal. Yeah, yeah. it just got got more and more intense, I guess.
3: Well, uh, so there's another project that you do, Torture Killer, uh, put out a couple records. Tell us about how Torture Killer started, like the nitty gritty of all that.
6: Oh, yeah, well, um, those guys uh, from Finland, and uh, they were, I guess, just kind of a garage band, you know, playing cover songs, and they were big into six feet under and they did a bunch of six feet under cover songs yeah and did they do torture killer i think so that's how they took their name and they did like local shows in finland and stuff and uh they had some popularity and they put out a record of their own songs but uh they i guess they uh it was the second album and uh i saw they lost their singer online i was reading something i was like wow this is really interesting on a give them, you know, see if they, I'll sing for the band, see yeah. if they want me to help out, man, it sounds cool to me, you know? And they're like,
0: going, oh, oh my god, god.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
4: what, what, what was it like walking into the room for the first time with those guys? Did I,
6: they lose it? You know what? I have never played with those guys. Still, oh, we, we've oh, all done stuff oh, just man. like all like remotely, like how okay. we do things now. And I haven't <laughs> done a show with with them or anything. So it's awesome. It's like kind of just it was just this whole like thing that was just out there. They're waiting did.
3: patiently on those emails. Like <laughs> this is <laughs> gonna
6: be awesome. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: all right, man. So I remember growing up when I was a kid. You know, buying my CD and cassettes and my mom would be like oh you can't buy that it's got the parental advisory not if it has that sticker because butchered at birth you know you couldn't tell based on the cover <laughs>
0: art
3: tomb of the mutilated it's not obvious enough
1: did you uh have you <laughs> ever had to deal with like pissed off parents did you ever get like letters or like phone calls from you know pissed off soccer moms back in the tipper gore pmrc parental advisory Those those
6: days, Um, things changed a lot. But you know, yeah, I mean, there was there was points, you know, with that happening, but it was more uh, intense in Europe. Like there was this uh, school teacher who was kind of like the Tipper Gore of Europe or of Germany. Yeah, and she she actually got the German government to ban all uh, of our performances where we couldn't perform certain songs live over there, and they couldn't sell Butchered at Birth or of the first four albums. It's still I like that in a lot of in yeah. Russia
1: and a lot of places still.
6: I think so. Yeah, I think in in some places now Damn. they've just started banning some of that stuff again, but yeah, in Germany for a long time you know, we were threatened when I was in the band that we would be arrested if we played like certain songs. Wow.
3: So I will, I'm kind of curious as to like the first few Cannibal Corpse records super graphic art on the albums. Was that your idea? Like, do you went to the artist, like, I want this picture of this man slash zombie slash birth for sexual... Tomb of the Mutilated? Yeah. That was exactly my idea. Okay. I, I
6: take complete credit for that. And and <laughs> Sexual acts by zombies? Some have butchered at birth. I think I told Vincent Locke a little bit of the idea I had for that, but Tomb of the Mutilated was 100% like, yeah, I want to positioning like this. You know. <laughs> You're a exactly. sick man and I love nice. it. Yeah, thank you.
1: Cool man. So what's one of the gnarliest interactions you interact <laughs> Not What <erections.
0: laughs> <laughs> is one of the gnarliest gnarliest <laughs>
1: interactions you've ever had with a
6: fan? <laughs> <laughs> what's the creepiest interaction? Gnarliest. I'm not <laughs> sure I understand the question <laughs> and I'm not sure I like it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I think probably the the thing that always uh, sickens me the most is one time I was on stage. It, I was w- with Six Feet Under, and uh, I had to spit on stage. You know, I yeah. mean, I spit yeah. on the on the stage, yeah. and it wasn't it wasn't pretty. And some kid. From the front row, got up on stage and oh, got on oh, his hands and no, knees no. and ate it. Oh. No. 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 What a oh, sick freak!
4: Man, what you was your like, reaction?
6: I, I think I dry yeah. heaved a little. <laughs> the same thing.
1: Oh uh, yeah, that's a, that's an appropriate reaction, Chris. Oh yeah, uh, man, I would expect <laughs> nothing less, man. Chris Barnes, Cannibal Corpse, six b 9 We're gonna play one of the classic Cannibal songs, man. We all know it. We all love it. All cannibal right, Cannibal Corpse, hammer smash face. Don't eat it, Chris. Yeah. Can you give us a growl? <laughs> There it is. <laughs> yeah. heard it live. Cannibal Corpse, Hammer Smash Face. Chris Barnes in studio on Metal Shop. That's a maiden here on Metal Shop. Uh,
3: Some victory songs for tomorrow.
1: Here, uh, if you're just yeah. joining us on Metal Shop, Chris Barnes from Six Feet Under, Cannibal Corpse, so many good bands in yeah, studio dude. with us. Still hanging out. I, guys, he likes us.
6: You guys yeah, are all right, man. I think he
1: likes
0: us. <laughs> We're all right.
1: So, Chris, have you ever gotten so pissed at somebody at a bar or at a show that you just had to deliver some sweet chin music?
0: <sighs> Give him
6: uh, a I you know mean,
1: You ever had to just, you know.
6: I've, I've, been, I've been accused of having a short fuse, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Once or twice? Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah.
1: I'm not trying to call you out on anything. The reason we bring it up is because just this last week geezer butler from the almighty black sabbath yeah got himself into a little bit of a bar fight roadhouse
3: (laughs) this guy is not calming down with age man he he laid it down like the rock laid the smack down on some candy asses
1: (laughs) so apparently what happened is that uh, the cops got called for uh, verbal abuse uh, vandalism and broken windows uh oh so geezer man he still got it in him
5: he ain't no geezer no but he is Geezer. He's got a mean right hook. Uh.
4: <laughs> Take your ass out. Like Ryan said, some roadhouse action. Yeah, man. I'd like to think he straight threw somebody through a window.
6: And then he picked up the bass and started jamming. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: What'd you say about
0: my mama? Hell yeah. So we're going to play, play some Sabbath,
6: dumb. man.
4: I'm Geezer
1: Butler, goddammit. <laughs> we got the dub set
3: coming up in just a few.
1: Getting you ready for it.
3: Not yep. that we have to tell you to do that, The Bars
1: are almost closed, so get your green tools ready. It's metal shops. <laughs>